Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of TechSpansive. I'm Sean Dubervac at Avrio Institute. And I'm Ross Rubin at Radical Research. This week, we saw that Apple became the first U.S. company to reach a market cap of $2 trillion. I feel like I should hold my pinky up to my mouth when I say that. And uh, um, that- I'll tell you what, what I'd like to hold up is the cover of Wired uh, when it looked like they were going down the tubes and, and the headline was pray, you know, pray for Apple. So, Yeah, it's, uh, and that uh, two trillion mark reached in interday uh, comes just two years after reaching one trillion. So the, the company's valuation has essentially doubled in, in two years. Um, during a period when you haven't really seen a lot of... Um, of necessarily new devices launch. Uh, so we can talk a little bit about that. Uh, in other news, we saw several announcements around Zoom and its platforms that Zoom is coming to. It's going to be adding support for Amazon Echo Show, Facebook Portal, and Google Nest Hub Max later this year. We also saw that Facebook says it will add native support for Zoom, WebEx, BlueJean, and GoToMeeting to portal starting next month. So we're seeing that the spread of video conferencing services and, and platforms to uh, a host of consumer devices. And in other uh, news, uh, BlackBerry announced this week that the smartphone is back <laughs> next year. Uh, they've reached a licensing deal to bring a 5G blackberry smartphone with a physical keyboard yes 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 all of those of us who have been waiting can you, to get that physical can you really keyboard. call it a blackberry can you really call it a blackberry without that it's, 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 it's almost as if question no one is asking yeah. almost <laughs> as if they feel like you know they wasn't it the, the blackberry storm that they came out with that had no keyboard and so they felt like um, you know, that was the way they were going to compete with Apple. Well, well, maybe that wasn't the right decision. Maybe it was the death of the physical keyboard that really uh, accelerated the death of the, the BlackBerry smartphone. So let's bring back the physical keyboard. Uh, that coming next year. So we'll see how many people uh, drive that. Um, so first, let's jump into the, the, the valuation story. We also saw a related story, Ross, from... Uh, the, the New York Times that um, highlighted that the, the kind of the core tech companies have all seen their their uh, valuation increase significantly really in the last seven months. So Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, and Facebook, those five, the big five, uh, rose a combined 37% in stock valuations through the first seven months of the year during the arguably one of the worst recessions in history, certainly the steepest and quickest recession in history. All other S&P 500 stocks are down 6%. So the, the, there really is this bifurcation between the, the couple of big tech names and everyone else. Um, what, do you, what do you make of the, the valuation that we see? And, and as I noted, again, it's kind of at a time when uh, Apple, while they're pushing their services, hasn't launched a lot of of new categories, if you will. I, I think that's a really uh, interesting and key point, Sean. Um, you know, particularly when high-end smartphone sales growth has been 
certainly flattening out. Uh, Apple has launched uh, a phone in kind of the mid-tier, but you know, there's a lot of competition there. Uh, but take, uh, take this into account. Walt Mossberg uh, tweeted out uh, when Apple announced its uh, last financial earnings that each of the company's five operating divisions uh, would be in the Fortune 500 uh, if it were considered on its own. So, you know, we could have a, a lot of debate over the potential of something like the Apple Watch or, or AirPods as a the kind of juggernaut potential that uh, that the iPhone uh, has been. Uh, but uh, you know, to the extent anyone has cracked those markets, uh, it, it's been Apple, uh, and so uh, you know, you see a lot of. Um, uh, a lot of blowback now. You know, last week we, we talked about the, the lawsuit that, that Epic Games is uh, is, uh, is is bringing uh, against Apple, and I, I thought it was really interesting. By the way, uh, last week I had posed, you know, if we if we thought there was any coalition of companies that could force uh, any kind of change, affect any kind of change, and sure enough, Epic Games is trying to bring together a coalition of companies like Spotify and others that have had grievances with Apple uh, to, uh, to try to unite and, uh, and, and force uh, App Store changes. But, um, you know, they, Apple really seems to be in, in the driver's seat. You know, uh, Epic Games agreed to these terms uh, and, uh, you know, made, made a lot of money on it. Uh, and uh, and only now is uh, you know intentionally trying to make a point by by violating them. So so you know they they continue to have uh, strong revenue streams. Last week we talked about some of their services potential. Last year, for example, we talked a lot about the health market potential for them. Uh, now you know possibly uh, Peloton like home fitness services still eagerly awaiting uh, AR. And in addition to kind of their low point uh, back in around 97 when, when jobs came back uh, and, you know, they were maybe weeks, uh, months, if not weeks away from uh, going under, uh, it, it's also useful to uh, think about, uh, you know, a, a lot of doubt that surrounded the company uh, after the passing of, of Steve Jobs. And, you know, there was a lot of discussion about whether Tim Cook could could keep uh, the the momentum going, uh, and uh, you know certainly uh, from from a financial perspective, it's uh, it's it's rolling at full steam. Uh, yeah, you know, the, I mean, the other thing related to the Epic Game news, we saw that uh, Apple informed all of its Epic developer accounts they would be terminated on August twenty eighth. So you you see Apple really doubling down on their their position as well. Uh, we, we saw something similar happen when Facebook uh, broke its its contract and kind of violated some of its terms of in conditions. So, um, you know, Apple Apple is going to bring the fight to Epic and to anyone else, regardless of size, if they uh, if they want to choose to violate the the established terms and conditions. Well, it's, it's, it's mostly a lot of smaller developers caught up in this, you know, that use uh, Epic Games' uh, uh, Unreal Engine, uh, which, is, which is a very popular engine. And uh, now, uh, now, you know, a lot of these smaller developers, some larger ones too, 
for example, uh, you know, my son is a big fan of uh, the game PUBG, uh, and, and that's one of the games that uses the, uh, uh, the, the Unreal Engine. Uh, they either have to switch to the competition uh, or be, uh, you know, be banned from, from the store. So, so it's essentially causing all these customers of Epic Games to, to turn to their technology provider and say, what are you doing here? You know, it's, it's one thing if, if you want to go to war with, with this uh, behemoth, uh, but, you know, why are you killing my business? So there's no, there's no indemnity clause. So, uh, so that's, uh, that, that's the, the brinksmanship that, that we're seeing. Yeah, a lot of smaller companies will get, uh, get swept up into that. Um, so we'll see how that, uh, that plays out. We did see that, uh, as we discussed last week, Apple has, a you know, is, is launching their, uh, continuing to push towards launching a, um, uh, a, uh, subscription service. We had talked about the, uh, Apple one tiered subscription bundle. We see that they're renaming their music subscription service and adding some some options there. So uh, it feels like that valuation really is a, a narrative around the future of services for Apple. And, and also it feels to me like it's a, it's a show of su- support, if you will, and confidence that the massive amount of cash that all these companies have on hand will be deployed in, in, in value producing ways. So they will, um, you know, be able to invest those dollars and, and maybe they see it, maybe investors see this as an opportunity for these large companies to take advantage of, uh, you know, some of the companies that may not have the cash flow to, to stay viable and, and can bring those under their, their umbrella. Um, but, uh, you know, we definitely see a, a lot of confidence in these large companies to weather, this uh the storm uh in our next story we saw uh as i alluded to in the beginning zoom adding support for amazon echo show facebook portal and uh, the google nest hub max which is always a mouthful of a name to to say uh and Ross, you noted that this really is a further consumerization of these platforms. And, uh, you know, I think it's an interesting move as we kind of head into this back to school period where students are using a variety of platforms and some jurisdictions, they're using Zoom. We know that they don't necessarily want to take all of these calls from uh, a a desk despite the best interests of their parents they you know they want to be able to kind of take it uh, throughout the home also parents with multiple children are finding discrete spaces and and places within the home where they can have some concentrated and dedicated um, and you know a dedicated environment for video conferencing and, and school and so you know it feels like that's potentially one of the the pieces here and other pieces that a lot of people are doing uh, zoom meetings with their friends and families. They're doing happy hours, they're doing game nights. And so you might not want to do that on your laptop. You might want to do that on a, a different device. Uh, obviously zoom and all of its competitors have been doing a tremendous amount of uh, development work over the last few months 
to, to roll out new features to improve security. And, and this seems like an extension of that to be able to make it really be ubiquitous across m multiple platforms and, and multiple screens, ultimately. I, I think uh, I, I agree more with your, your second scenario, right? More, more of the social, um, social applications driving uh, th this kind of adoption. Um, Zoom, you know, they are an ascendant company that has been able to straddle the big tech uh, platforms, uh, even as a lot of these guys are competing directly with them, right? So uh, I don't think Amazon kind of has a native video chat application, but Google certainly does, uh, and Facebook certainly does. Uh, maybe maybe more than one at, at this point. And, and so the point about education, yeah, I, I think that's a more natural extension of their previous enterprise focus. Uh, but uh, the way I think a lot of classrooms have been set up for these uh, Zoom uh, sessions, they're, they're multitasking. They play right into this generation's comfort level uh, with, with multitasking because you need you know, you have Google Classrooms open, you know, you have worksheets open. Um, so, uh, so I would say, you know, a device like the Echo Show or the Facebook portal is just so focused on, on the social, uh, you know, casual social element of it, or maybe, maybe even kind of like a, a home automation uh, element of it, uh, that, uh, you know, it, it really represents a far greater divergence uh, from the company's original mission. So, so Sean, how do you think, you know, if I'm a, a Zoom investor, uh, how, how do you view this? Do you think that they're going to get distracted or, or you know, they're, they're getting into some, uh, you know, potentially bloody water here, uh, you know, going after a, a consumer segment that, where, you know, where, where essentially the, the pricing is being reduced to zero? Well, obviously, uh, lots of companies have tried to compete and be viable in the consumer sphere. It is a very difficult market. We've seen many companies fail to, to do that as they try to move into that consumer space. And we're at an interesting place right now where consumer and enterprise have essentially collided in our living rooms. We're, we're working from home, we're entertaining from home, we're, we're doing all these things remotely. And so there is this appetite for video conferencing platforms across devices, both for enterprise work, but also for, you know, for consumer work. So I think that um, there's this desire to be ubiquitous because you, you see that competitors are entering this space and, and trying to, and when I say entering the space, companies like Slack and others obviously have, mm -hmm. have uh, since the pandemic, added video chat features and other things within their platform with the, under the premise that if you're already in Slack, then to just call somebody directly in the platform makes a lot of sense. And, and I do think that that does make sense. And so uh, you want Zoom to be ubiquitous. You want it to be used for, for all of these different activities, but you also want it to be able to be accessed across all of these different devices and screens that are, uh, that are popping up. My sense is that probably early on, it will be possibly minimal. I, I don't know. It depends on mm -hmm. how great the integration is with, 
uh, with Amazon and, and Google. Uh, for example, if I could say something like, hey, join my Zoom call and it clicks the link and does everything, then that could be kind of interesting um, if, I'm, if I'm using and wanted another device or something that I can more easily kind of port around. If I, can, uh, if I could do it for like group chats, family get-togethers where you've got multiple screens and you've got people on different devices, so maybe they don't all have to be on the same device, that could be interesting. So there are some interesting use case scenarios I think that, that could emerge. I kind of like that handoff scenario where I might be taking a Zoom call on my phone. I come home, I have you know, this Google Hub Max thing there, and I say, you know, tap a button, and, and the call automatically switches to a device where I can be a little more comfortable uh, you know, as, I, as I sit down in my room. And you know, here's sort of a, a story that flips uh, this idea of Zoom going to all these platforms uh, from, uh, from protocol.com. Uh, uh, Facebook saying it's going to add support for Zoom, WebEx, BlueJeans, and GoToMeeting. So uh, this to me reflects, you know, if, if Facebook's going to add all these integrations, it seems to me that it's going to try to repurpose uh, Portal a little bit more for business users, uh, which would not be surprising because it, it you know, it hasn't really gone anywhere uh, in, in the consumer market. Uh, and uh, we have seen a proven market for uh, video a long long time proven market for you know video conferencing appliances uh, in, in the enterprise long long before zoom I just you know getting back to the first story though in general these are relatively low volume uh, products so maybe maybe some of the justification is zoom just trying to do work on the back end to make it easier to bring their service to anything that might catch fire uh, in the, uh, in, in the near term. So, well, and I can envision a world where if we are working from home permanently and some tech companies have, have already moved in that direction, mm -hmm. there may be, uh, the, the desire within those environments to have essentially a permanent, always on camera uh, available. And that right. is not necessarily the, the camera that uh, is staring you back in the face that's coming off your, your laptop. You may instead right. opt to have that as a, you know, a separate device that you've got in the room that you can turn to if anybody uh, essentially dials into that, that number. So right, right. you could imagine that being a, a Google Nest Hub Max or, or a Facebook portal. Uh, I can imagine Facebook employees using Facebook portal and, and having their blue jean uh, meeting always on, you know, and, and people can essentially drop in and, and check on things. And it, right. it will increase the level of collaboration in a digital environment and, and offer video. You know, wh whether we go in that direction remains to be seen, but I could see that becoming, at least within certain teams of, of the enterprise, could be a, a popular option. Well, I'm, I'm very comfortable with that because I love Big Brother in, in my yes. heart. So uh, <laughs> have them always, always watching, always able to drop yes. in on whatever's going on in your, in your house. Yes. Just, just get the rat away from my face. Spoiler, yes. spoiler for 1984. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we'll see, but um, you know, and certainly maybe just during, during certain working hours or maybe, you know, certain, even certain segments of that working hour. So We'll see what that looks like. But yep. um, 
I like you. I like the idea of a handoff. There's plenty of Zoom calls where we don't necessarily want to be live. We want to be, uh, we're, we're just passively consuming the content. Yep. And so yep, good point. that would be a great device where if you've already got one in the kitchen where these are often showing up, you could tune in to it while you were preparing your meals or, or doing whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think it, it offers interesting other opportunities too. I mean, we know that people have started to take some of the classes that they're teaching into that Zoom environment. So uh, take something like a cooking class in a Zoom environment, you'd probably much rather have one of these devices, which you, you might already have your Echo Show in the office, uh, excuse yep. me, in the kitchen. So you're right. just tuning into that and cooking alongside the, uh, the instructor as opposed to bringing a laptop into the kitchen where it doesn't naturally fit. Uh, so more to see, more to come there. Definitely not done yet. I think Zoom and all of these platforms are going to continue to iterate into uh, into 2021 as they try to understand how we're using video as part of both our, our social and our, our business lives. Uh, in the final story, we saw that uh, BlackBerry is back with plans to launch a 5G phone with keyboard. Uh, they partnered with security startup Onward Mobility, and the plan is to have it available in North America and Europe as soon as the first half of 2021. So if you are in the market for a new smartphone and you want a physical keyboard, you may want to hold off just a little bit longer until 2021 when you get your hands on the uh, what will be the newest BlackBerry. Ross, I know you, uh, you've got some insight into this story um, yeah i i chatted with these guys uh these uh, onward mobility guys uh and um you know they, they're certainly not saying much about uh specific features for this uh they said that uh one of the things that appealed to blackberry uh about them as a licensee uh, was that they had a very good manufacturing ties to this uh, division of Foxconn. Um, maybe BlackBerry liked the idea of them having a uh, more direct relationship with the manufacturer than the previous uh, licensee TCL uh, did. So, so after BlackBerry, just a you know, quick rewind, when BlackBerry stopped making phones themselves, they licensed the brand to TCL, which did a, uh, you know, the, the company probably better known here in the U.S. for uh, TVs. Uh, and, um, and, and that was a, over a two-year period. They came out with a number of models, uh, supported them with marketing. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think, I, think I, I called them a good steward of the brand. But, you know, it, it, it's, of course, challenging to make headway um, in, in terms of, uh, of market share. Uh, and uh, there may have been a, a few things going on. Uh, TCL was also moving forward with its own brand uh, of smartphones. Uh, they, they might not have liked that. Uh, TCL, um, you know, there, there may have been issues with TCL being a, a Chinese company, particularly when BlackBerry does so much uh, government work. Um, you know, this uh, Onward Mobility is, is a U.S. Uh, company. We've seen certainly a lot of the, the fallout with Huawei hasn't really extended to a lot of smartphone only companies uh, that, that are, uh, you know, where their parent companies are in China. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it may have been a, a particular concern for them. There had been uh, rumors for some time that 
BlackBerry ultimately wanted to get back into smartphones. And, you know, should they ever execute on that, it would be a lot easier for them to buy up this small company uh, than, uh, you know, try to buy TCL. Uh, so, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where they go. I, I think it's not just 5G, of course. Um, there's a lot happening, as we've spoken many times, with folding screens and multiple screens, rolling screens, uh, that, uh, that could be of help because the, uh, getting, getting a physical keyboard on these products is tricky. Um, there, there are a lot of trade-offs, um, and it's very tough competing, you know, particularly now with a generation of smartphone users that have really never known anything other than typing on glass. You know, and, and the screens are big enough where you can be pretty efficient with it. Uh, you know, I remember early days of the iPhone as, as someone who had used BlackBerry extensively. Uh, I was like, oh, this is terrible, you know. <laughs> uh, but of course, so over the years, screens have gotten bigger. You've seen predictive text. Uh, whereas now, you know, when I use the, uh, the last BlackBerry, uh, it was definitely a readjustment period. And if you, if you spend time with it, you can get pretty efficient on it. Um, you know, there's definitely some niceties uh, associated with the tactile feedback. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think it BlackBerry, the company, is going to have to have its expectations in check in terms of the amount of progress that this, uh, this company can make uh, against, uh, you know, entrenched competition at this point. What's in it for onward mobility? I mean, to your point, it's a very small, it will be a very small market uh, and it will be an upward battle. Um, maybe that's an onward, maybe I should say onward battle, but it will be uh, definitely a, <laughs> a difficult uh, journey. Um, and, you know, the these markets seem to have stabilized with Android having a significant share, iOS having a Oh, it'll be an Android phone. Okay. Yeah, um, it will be an Android phone. Well, that 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 helps that they're not introducing the the, the old BlackBerry uh, OS, but yeah, um, yeah, but still, right? You know, um, uh, you know we saw uh, Essential, uh, which was the Andy Rubin startup right. uh, from a few years ago. Uh, they didn't make it. Um, you know, there we saw uh, a, a smartphone from Red. The, uh, uh, the high-end video uh, company, professional video camera company, uh, come into the market. Um, you know, that didn't make it. Uh, and, you know, the, these were companies that had uh, interesting angles on, on the approach, uh, particularly essential. Um, so, uh, so, you know, there, there are still four or five uh, devices, Android devices out there that have uh, physical keyboards. Um, and uh, I, th I think the trick is, you know, the challenges. You, you have to somehow uh, convince, uh, you know, this, this, this audience, this, this customer base that has never used a, a BlackBerry of the value of a physical keyboard uh, while not completely alienating, uh, you know, the, the base of people who love Blackberries back you know, in the 90s. So um, that, that's really, uh, you know, the, the bridge to cross. Um, like I said, you know, I, I, uh, there, there may be opportunities, uh, particularly around display technology that, that haven't been there in the past. 
uh, that uh, that will help accommodate this. Uh, but um, you know, it's it's definitely uh, going to have you know they're going to have to zero in on on a certain kind of enthusiast uh, to to uh, at least to start. Well, and it's a really tough time right now to bring new hardware to market because of the engineering challenges of, of not being able to fly out to your facility and, and ensure that the tooling is right and all these other things. So there's a whole additional challenge right. to bringing an entirely new product to market right now in a pandemic when engineers aren't getting on planes to uh, to check the tooling and to spend time in the facilities and the, and the factories. And, and yet, and yet last week, you know, we were talking about the surface duo, uh, you know, uh, coming in at $1,400. Uh, Microsoft, you know, can certainly afford to uh, experience some downturn pain. Uh, they certainly have in the past in mobile, uh, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how, uh, how, how these guys can weather the storm if, if they don't knock it out of the park on, on the first shot. Yeah, it, it definitely, you can tell that BlackBerry wants to continue to have a phone, right? That this is important to their, <laughs> to their identity, probably built into their DNA somewhat. Uh, so it's, it's hard to let go of that, uh, that vision. Yeah, just, uh, you know, there's been, um, the, the retro phone brands have had a mixed record. Yeah. You know, the guys who, who licensed Nokia have done okay. The guys who licensed Palm, not so well. And Motorola has been up and down. So, yeah. um, well, I would argue like, license, but, but we'll see. But I mean, Palm's great success really was, uh, I, I think LG's purchase of the OS and, and turning right. it into the operating system for their televisions, which I think is a, a really a phenomenal product. Um, and, mm -hmm. and obviously they've done additional development since the acquisition, but it, it really uh, fit that product well. So uh, not, you know, being a, the handset. I mean, but as a brand. Yes. Yeah. Right. As a brand. Yeah. Well, thanks so much uh, for joining this week's episode of Techspansive. Again, I'm Sean Dubrovac and you can find me on Twitter at Sean Dubrovac. And I'm Ross Rubin. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Rubin.